My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to episode 144 of Legally Clueless. Thank you for rocking with this podcast. Remember, you can join our online space on Instagram. We're at Legally Clueless Podcast. A link to that is in the show notes. And on Twitter, if you want to chit chat about the podcast, use the hashtag Legally Clueless. And it also just hit me that we do have a Facebook page. We've had a Facebook page from the very beginning, but (laughs) I don't know why I always forget. Not only do I forget to share about it here, but I forget to post on it. So, yeah, that needs to change if you're on Facebook. (laughs) Make sure you check out our Facebook page. It's Legally Clueless. (laughs) There you have it. Um, And then make sure you check out our YouTube, which is Legally Clueless. A link to it is in the show notes. Oh, my God, I should put a link to the Facebook in the show. (laughs) I will. I will. But back to YouTube. (laughs) There is a link to it in the show notes. And on our YouTube, you'll be able to watch season one of our video series. Season two is currently going on and it's fucking fantastic. I like this season a lot. The stories are so real and I feel like it's so weird how even during recording them, I'm just like, oh my God, I completely identify with this. Oh my God, I completely identify with that. It's it's weird how I'm connecting with, with all the stories. So we are four episodes in. The most recent episode is an amazing one. It's by Lensa. She's the storyteller in it. And she talks about job hunting without a degree and how that affected her self esteem her feelings of self-worth and just a process of getting a job i think it's one that's definitely one you have to watch i i'm not going to play a clip of it here because i actually wanted to run as its own story in its own audio episode oh another reason why you need to subscribe to our youtube channel there is a christmas surprise <laughs> i don't know why i sang it whatever there's a christmas surprise coming up ah! it was actually not my idea It was the idea of Roy, who does our video production. And he was like, oh, we need to do ABCD for Christmas. What do you think? I was like, actually, that's a good idea. So there's a Christmas surprise coming on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss out on it. Okay, back to this episode. This is what's coming up. I liked how free I could be with him. I think because I just had no expectations. I got pregnant. We were excited about it. Let's just take a giant leap. Let's let's move in together now we're together we're gonna start saving so we started to save now you know when they say love is blind man there's red flags that you see afterwards (laughs) (laughs) oh man we did save so we saved in his account guys it was not joint i had no (laughs) i was just here on trust and love because i thought you know it's ours you know i mean yeah and I found out that he'd been telling his friends that he's single. The whole dad situation. He passed away in 2012. I didn't realize it then. But after that, everything I was doing was just to fill that void. It's the nurse from Aga Khan saying, Mrs. Kirago, you guys need to come because we're trying to resuscitate him. Do you know your mind goes to ER and Grey's Anatomy and just like people Meredith Grey going, clear, you know. That's actually the story that was episode one of season two of our video series. It's a story by Ray. And I loved it so much. I was like, you know what? It needs to be here for you to listen to it. Especially if you're like me and you love listening to the audio episodes. So that's coming up a little later in this in this episode. However, I want to change the order of things again and jump into the song of the week first. I just rediscovered this song, even though when it first came out, I had it on re because it's just so beautiful the the singing the lyrics 
the instrumentals like you can hear each instrument it's so amazing and the name of the song is say something i'm giving up on you it's by a great big world and christina aguilera it's just wonderful so i'll put a link to it in the description of this episode it's a bit of a throwback but hey i'd forgotten about it and now i found it so <laughs> we must all replay it and i really like this song because i was reading the lyrics right before recording this and i again connected with it okay so let me rewind a bit I'm feeling a little more like myself. If you listen to the previous episode, <laughs> I wasn't sounding. <laughs> I wasn't sounding like myself. I've just been trying to navigate a new frontier of grief, I would say, that made me feel like I've made zero progress in figuring out this grief thing, which also I was like, why, why was I even trying to figure it out in the hopes of like overcoming it? Yeah, so I... I've been navigating that and a couple of other things. And so what has been very scary, but weirdly enough, very helpful is sitting in my emotions, especially the not so comfy ones, the the sadness, uh, the grief, the feeling of loneliness, the feeling of missed memories, that emptiness. I think what I was starting to do is like run away from it, even though before I think I'd made a good attempt at trying to sit in my not so nice emotions. But of late, what I was doing for a better part of this year really is just not confronting them and trying to schedule them. I think I mentioned that as well in the previous episode and just like approaching emotions like it's a project, which never works. (laughs) don't do it kids and so now what I'm trying to do is like sit in my emotions and why I bring this up in relation to the song of the week is I think one big part I've been grappling with is just really accepting that my mom is gone and I feel like I've lost my marbles (laughs) saying this but I think there was like a part of me that felt like she would come back strange because it's been nine years and then with the birth of my two nieces and my nephew I think I was just like wow if she really was gonna come back this is like the best time (laughs) and because she hasn't come back (laughs) this trick is gone you know and I think it's so weird like saying it out loud I'm just like wow you sound like you've lost your marbles but maybe like a part of my brain did that to kind of like protect myself just be like oh death is not permanent you know what I mean and so now I'm really confronting a new layer of just how permanent death is and I feel like the lyrics to the song of the week are kind of like well for me when I was reading them I yeah I do a very weird thing is If I really like a song, I read the lyrics as though it's a poem. And this one really does feel like a poem. But it felt like that. Like, I lost this person and I'm, like, really wanting them to just give me a sign you're there, you know? Give me a sign that you're you're not gone. I I don't want to let go. Still something I'm navigating. I don't have the answers to it. But what what I, I, I do know is helping is just, like, sitting in those emotions and, like, allowing myself to feel them. Before even I start dissecting them or their source, what they mean, it's just, just feel it. And another thing is like, I've said this so often and now I'm calling myself out on it is I get into like crying fits of late. And what I would constantly say is this phrase of, I feel like I'm broken. And I've I've been saying it and I was reflecting on it and just been like, "Mm, that's a bit strange, Adele, because it's saying that you shouldn't be feeling what you're feeling. You shouldn't be feeling sad or lonely or overwhelmed. And these are all very human 
normal emotions to feel around things around grief around you know other things you're navigating not forgetting we're in a freaking pandemic you know these are normal things to feel as a human and so it doesn't mean you're broken if anything it means I'm whole I'm working as I'm supposed to I'm not a robot and so that has been you know this week that groundbreaking restructuring of my thoughts as my therapist says and I'm just hoping I, I, I stop saying that phrase of I feel like I'm broken like as though I'm not working right you know what I mean I'm working just fine as any human being would. Anyway, I just wanted to give that update. And I, I really hope you like the song of the week. It's it's quite something. It's quite something. You know, there are those songs that you listen to and you just feel like super connected to. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe you listen to it and be like, what's this trash? <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's, that's also okay. All right, let's jump into 100 African Stories. After the story, I will share exactly why I connected with this story so deep. And the story is by Ray. I love Ray. Her energy is everything. And she's a radio presenter, was also on Radio Well. I was on, on radio. And I remember just listening to her radio show one time when my boss, I think, was asking my opinion on whether we need to hire her. I can't remember for what slot. And I was like, oh, I love her energy. You know, she's just from the radio. I hadn't met her yet. And then when I left Kiss, I can't remember what I was promoting, but I did an interview on her show. And I was just like, absolutely love this chick's energy. And then she came on um, when we're shooting season two of the video series and she gave the story. And I, yo, I connected it so much. I don't want to say what just yet. I want you to listen to to the episode. I mean, to the story. (laughs) And then at the end of it, I'll come back (laughs) and share the nonsense I was getting up to in the name of a relationship. And man, just listen to Ray's story. A hundred African stories on Legally Clueless. Stories from Africa. Eight years ago, I met um, this guy. And the thing is, apparently we knew each other. We knew each other from... Our families, you know that thing where your mom, your dad, your family, they knew each other and then now you, you are like a toy. And then now later on you realize, oh yeah, the, yeah, that was what. So it was just after my dad had passed, I was going through this phase of just like finding myself and I threw myself into work. Yeah, I think that's partly how I dealt with the grief. Might not have been the smartest way, but I mean, I work in media. It was either that or go partying every night forever. <laughs> and get into the wrong habits but yeah so I threw myself into work would go in early live late hang out with DJ friends so they had gigs I'd tag along and this guy had my number and he he called me funny thing is I thought he was somebody else so you know how you carry on a conversation too stupid to be like okay that's it's not the person I thought and now we're five minutes in I I can't be like sorry who's this (laughs) and we just like we text and I think he realized halfway through okay she doesn't know who I am so she he told me uh, how our parents know each other oh that's nice cool and then he wanted more than just like a friendship I wasn't sure I was ready but I was still going through this whole I'm just gonna throw myself into work everything else is secondary and then he, he wanted us to meet I turned 21 yeah it was my 21st birthday that week I think no, 20, 23, 22, 23. 
it was yeah the 20s <laughs> we met outside a club i was on my way home i think i might have texted him where i was and i didn't think it was gonna show up but he did i was so tipsy that i think when i saw him i like threw myself at him and i made out with him yeah and my friends were at the bar going whoa no guys we we knew this would happen who's supposed to be watching her <laughs> and who's this and yeah and so we I, yeah said hi he was we were leaving so we left my friends obviously yanked me away <laughs> we went home and he texted me that the next day saying can i you know come over for lunch i said yeah my friends still think it was a stupid idea because to them this is a guy you just met randomly outside the club you were drunk you made out with a stranger he's coming to your house like which movies is this you've not watched where black people don't like end up alive at the end after doing this but yeah he came over and it was so nice i just he was i liked how free i could be with him i think because i just had no expectations that must have been the first relationship when i look back where i didn't have any plans anywhere Thing I was doing. I was just, I was young. I was like, this is, let's see where this goes. Also, he was a creative. I think everyone else I dated had like the whole, their future mapped out and stuff. And he was like, yeah, I just, I like photography and film and I do the thing and I hang out with friends and I liked that. So well, having a plan was cute then. When you get older, <laughs> you need like plans for your life. Um, That's not sexy anymore. <laughs> now you need solid things. But yeah, one, one thing I would say like about us is we were on and off a lot. We were on and off so much because it only just ended at the beginning of this year. It's weird because this year does not even feel like a year. Is it me? Just like we blinked and now we're like in Christmas. What is this? What was 2020 even? But yeah, it was at the beginning of this year. And actually 2020 was like my, the year of my awakening. You ever known, like if I've ever known rock bottom or some version of rock bottom, it's probably 2020. That's the year. Like too many things happened successfully like, together. I made a big move from like a job I was at. Lost my grandma who'd been living with us for some time. Man, that relationship decided to just go all the way left now. I mean, it had been left, but it was now just like, ooh, okay, now this is our new direction. So yeah, like this relationship was on and off like for a while, like a lot. It's eight years. I think I'm, I feel ashamed to even say this, but I feel like eight years, we might have been together for a solid maybe four because <laughs> you're on and off so much that really you were off more than you were on. But it had a lot of great times. We had a lot of really good times. I think the best thing that I remember the most, okay, so we used to do this thing <laughs> where we would put reggae music and play really loud, obnoxiously loud, and just like dance. I'm sure all our neighbors, everywhere we were at, all thought these guys are just rolled a big one. <laughs> and this is what they've been doing. I really like that we would talk about our future without, you know, when you talk, there's a, there's a way you can talk about your future. And it's like with a lot of pressure on yourself, because maybe you feel like you're not achieving things and it loses like it's, the, you know, the pizzazz. Like, what do you actually want to achieve? Like, what, you know, like, like, like with childish glee that's we used to do that all the time and be like can you imagine if like you your film company grew and then like my radio thing took over and like i started to teach radio and then you were teaching film and then our grandkids yeah 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 like those kinds of conversations that's when i think i would really feel because then i it really reinforced what the picture i had in my mind that this was forever you know so it was on and off but the times when it was on it really did feel like it was on and that was it but i think what really happened is life <laughs> because when you're getting older the there's, there's just reality like little real things start to hit you 
Like for instance, I got pregnant. We were very, we were excited about it because we thought, you know, it was a, around the time when our relationship was on. <laughs> so it was like, yes, of course. I mean, also our families are like friends. This is like smooth sailing. What? We're gonna, we got this. We got this. <laughs> and then then you, we started to realize just the massive differences because my career took off a bit faster than his did now. So there was that disparity for I'm making more money than he is. He is starting to feel like maybe he's not where he wants to be. It would create a lot of, because he started, you know, he, he had a series of bad luck as well, just like with starting businesses and stuff and having them not work out. And then at the same time, watching my career grow. So I'm moving from being an entertainment news host to like, now I'm a fill-in presenter. And then now I've got my own weekend show and ooh, now she has a daily show somewhere. It just, I think it threw the whole thing. And also like, I think the job we have as in media, just people just think you're happy because you are for four hours or five hours a day, you sound like awesome, right? And when someone is with you and then maybe you really are going through something and they see a different, it's like they can, they can almost assume maybe you're faking the, when you're with them, like maybe you're happier when you're, you're they're not with you. Cause then we, when we're off at that time, the fights that would, that's what it would be about almost, but you're happier without me. But I, you know, you're not, we don't even have enough time for each other and stuff. And so one of the lows, actually, what I did, okay, so here's how, here's how, here's the, the moment for me that I just, because we were, we would argue a lot, yeah, and then when we would, we would not talk to each other for a, for a while, for a long while, which I realize now is also some form of emotional abuse, I think, because like you're, when you're with someone, you're with someone, yeah, you, you can't feel single <laughs> when you're in like a relationship, I don't think that's supposed to be how you feel, so I think for me in 2020, I thought, okay, you've had a series of bad luck with your businesses and stuff. My career is a bit more stable. How about we just join forces now? Let's just take a giant leap. Let's let's move in together. So I did. And we moved in together. And the plan was, now we're together. Um, we're going to start saving so that we can eventually... Because at the same time, I was going through a lot of anxiety at work and stuff. And I, I didn't want this job to be my only job. So I wanted to have a backup, like an actual job that I can, you know, something, a business. So we started to save. Now, you know when they say love is love is blind? Man, there's red flags that you see afterwards. <laughs> oh man, we did save. Now, Corona, the pandemic had happened. I did I tried the whole with my own accounts and stuff, but I think because media was laying off people banks were very very hesitant to like give you a backing like a loan or something i hadn't joined a sacco at that time but he had although his account was his account was dormant this is i feel stupid saying it now so we saved in his account guys it was not joint i had no i was just here on trust and love because i thought you know it's ours you know i mean yeah we're gonna eventually do this but i think i yeah i <laughs> just when you live with someone, it's a lot different than um, when you're just dating a fight. Because first of all, little things get on your nerves really fast. So like just just little little things, little tiny things. Like why do you chop the potatoes this way? I don't understand. The pan can be cleaner, <laughs> if you ask me. I mean, when I clean it, it's cleaner. Stuff like that, little things that should not make you feel some type of way, they do. So on top of that, here was me saving. We had a timeline, like we had goals. See that thing for when you have dreams and you're dreaming with somebody and you love them. So I thought, you know, six months down the line, the sack of thing that he's at, because we trust him. <laughs> it's gonna, he's gonna wanna go get the loan. We're gonna start the business. It's gonna be great. And I'll never forget that New Year's Eve. 
Let me tell you, it's only funny now because I'm past it. It was not. It was not. It was New Year's Eve. People were, again, were doing the reggae thing, yeah? So, man, here we are, about to roll into 2021. The music is on loud. As we're chilling on the couch. We're, you know, good times. And my bro, obviously, we're late because it's New Year's Eve. And my brother calls me, and I think he said something like, hey, are you guys cool? Because I think... Your, your your homie here borrowed me a substantial amount of money. And no, me, I'm, I'm on my level. So I think he's joking. So why do I laugh? And then he laughs with me because I think he was also like, yo, this girl doesn't understand. What? Yeah, okay, we'll talk tomorrow. Okay, bye. So I tell, you know, the guy, him, he's sitting right next to me, yeah? And then he laughs with me. But then the next morning, something just tells me, wait, okay. So I call my bro back and he goes, yeah, man, this guy, for real, he borrowed me X amount of money. And I don't, are you guys good? Are you good, like, with rent? Are you good? It's like, I don't, he, why would he borrow you and not tell me? If he needed that, we could, I think, because we have a savings, we obviously should have. This is now month six. Like, we're supposed to get the loan now, like, in January. Ooh, turns out X amount <laughs> was from the savings account. And this guy was trying to cover him like his tracks by borrowing my bro. Because I don't find out, but I did. Which, of course, made me feel some type of way. Who wouldn't, you know? Now I'm like, this whole time, like, I was right here. Also, fine, I get it. But what was going on? Because I care about you. And if you needed that much money, something's wrong. What's happening? Came up with a whole story how, oh, it's actually his, his dad, in my, you know, needed. And I sat with that story. For like three months. And I kept wondering, but his dad knows that it's just me that makes the money. I don't, um, I highly doubt. Okay, that's, that's fine. It's cool. It's cool. It's fine. Yeah, okay. So three months, this is eating at me. And when something eats at you, yo, that's your inner voice going, I'm done with you, by the way. All the red flags, this one we're not going to like get over, by the way. We're, we're fixing this. So I tell him, no, 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 we are go- we're gonna, we got, this has to be tackled now. This, yo, listen, either you show me the proof that this is what happened, or I'm going to have to have a conversation with you-know-who, and this is going to be really awkward now. And so morning of me, th- you know, because I, I mean, when you make a threat, you kind of have to give yourself a timeline also by tomorrow, eight. <laughs> I'm making that phone call, and they will know that this has happened, so tell you no. So he did. He told me what really happened, um, was in a bit of a fix, and didn't want me to worry. But I was like, but I did worry. And also, three months, you stayed next to me and said nothing. Three months, you knew you lied to me, to my face. And it was all, that. I think that that was when now the trust, I tried so hard to get over that, I just could not. Because it wasn't even a money thing anymore. It was me. Uh, you, I'm not the person you can tell if you can't tell me that, then what else? What, uh, what? And then we can't even, even if we were to start a business and you had another fix, would that be the solution? How would I know? I don't know anything anymore. Yeah, so that was when I decided to take like a bit of a breather. And I think I realized just for my sake, and it was a friend of mine, funny enough, who <laughs> we were working with. And this is, I think I'm going to use this as like my SI unit for any other relationship I get into because she was like, would you want this? for your daughter. Would you want her to go through what you're going through with so-and-so? And I thought, no, of course not, never. What do you mean, no? Then why am I allowing it for myself? If I'm not comfortable with her going through that, I need to show her, even me, by example, there's some things you should not be comfortable with and it's cool. So I took a break and honestly, um, 2021 has showed me there's a lot worse. <laughs> we got things to deal with as a grown up. 
<laughs> so while you're getting over one thing, please shelve that because there's other things you need to be dealing with also. I definitely have nothing but great memories. I think the painful thing is, or the, the hard thing is trying not to taint the happy memories because sometimes you leave feeling like you wasted your time. You know, eight years is not a, it's not a short, and you know, <laughs> I don't know about you, but me, like, if I have feelings for you on the third day, dude, I've pictured our wedding. Like, I know what I was going to wear. Like, I've named our children. Like, it's, you know, me was forever. Now, coming back from that, it's easy to feel like, ah, man, am I, where do I, do I start from scratch? I don't, I don't feel like I'm even, I don't want to date and go through the whole thing again. It's, it can taint even the happy memories because then you start to feel shortchanged. And that's, for me, that's been the hardest thing. And what I'm trying really hard not to do is taint those happy memories because then they were happy. And I know I'm not a fool. So if I fell in love with somebody that long, that means there's a lot of good in that person. So that's, I'm trying to find that balance just as me. So let's just say <laughs> that a few of my things are still over there. Um, partly because I, I'm not, I don't know, I'm going to be very honest with myself. I don't want to be the person that says, I'm just going to go pick up my stuff and then, morning after there you are you went to pick up your stuff and you're still there <laughs> i'm giving myself that breathing space i figure you know there will be a time when i'll be officially um able to but yeah so the exiting process to be it wasn't very it wasn't it wasn't like i wish i wish it it, it was like a face-to-face, -face, like a conversation. Okay, so I'm maybe because I communicate for a living, right? It's me, I like to spell things out. I like to be like, so just for the record, this is a breakup. <laughs> you can date and I can date. Like this is, I'm out of your life. Or are we, is this a break, break? Or I don't know. So I didn't, I, I took space away. But I think I didn't also like how he reacted to my reaction to his, to the mis to the everything. Cause I was trying to deal with it how I knew I, I best I could. And I tried to articulate that. Cause I, I would always say for me, I have a real fear of debt. <laughs> I think maybe it's, I don't, where did this come from? I don't know where it, I have, I fear debt. I, um, I, I've never actually, and I don't know how this is gonna come across and stuff. I've never like borrowed from like Tala or like stuff like that, Fuliza. Cause I'm scared, man. I think I bought my car on loan. And I always used to have the fear of what if I don't have a job and then now these guys still need me to pay the three quarters of the thing. <laughs> what am I selling? I don't own assets. I'm going to have to tell my bro now and like my sis guys, we have to part with something. Land, does anyone have something? Because I don't have any money. And I just, I, yeah, I fear. So anything, I think also that came from just my relationship with money. Overall, I think I watched my mom go through a pretty tough time herself with debt because when she was raising us, she had a transport business and then at some point it didn't go very well and then she still owed the bank. So I saw that struggle, like I saw things in the budget get moved around that I was like, no, but that's... <laughs> What do we do for Saturdays then? And I just, I, I didn't, I never wanted to lack that. So I wanted to at least just money wise, I like to know I'm that person. Like me when I'm paid, it's bills, 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 bills. And I have X amount for this. This is now my cushion. <laughs> like I've never been a person for, um, let's just, you know, yeah, what else sort itself out? I'm very planned with my money. So the fact that that happened and it was a money issue that then became a trust issue. Um, for me, I, I took a moment to just be like, okay, is it, am I, am I, is this a big deal? Am I making it bigger than it is? Am I? Cause guys will tell you, no, but you can work it out. But then he got really angry at the fact that I took the space and he took it that we had left each other. And I found out that he'd been telling his friends that he's single, which made me feel bad. Cause I was like, so, um, and in fact, you know, funny thing is I'd even done an interview. <laughs> 
a YouTube interview where they asked and I said, yeah, I'm in a relationship, you know? And so when he tells me this, I'm like, well, now I, oh my gosh, I'm about to be on camera on YouTube. It's a lie. Like, oh my God, I'm, you make, I'm a clown then. Like, what is this? So I felt really bad. That was very hurtful, by the way. For me, that was like the worst because then it was like, wow, you didn't even give me the chance to, you know, you just went like, for, this is how I'm finding out. Okay, cool. And then obviously um, we didn't handle a lot of the conversations that happened after that because then after that it was like, I want my this back and my that and even this that we got, <laughs> even this, which is what I'm saying. Like then every memory, even the happy ones started to be painful. And for me, I've always, I don't know, when you have a kid, you kind of have to put that, her fast yeah because i never want her to see anyone through my eyes which is hard to do as a mom because yeah because you you know you're older so you <laughs> you can see the inconsistencies but i want her to grow up in a beautiful happy bubble where she should everyone loves her and the world is perfect yes alexis it is because as you, you're i want her to maintain that innocence so I, I took a step back just to be like okay let me at least heal until I can feel about this situation in a happy, conducive way, then now we can readdress that. So we actually have not spoken um, for a while and I've been bracing myself because I want whatever exchange that is to be a positive one because yeah, I'm at a place where I think I'm, I'm good. And even if I'm not, I'm definitely on the path there because you know, that inner voice was like enough with the red flags, right? Mm -mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> Woo, 2020, mm, rock bottom, I see you, we've met, <laughs> please don't be any deeper, <laughs> I've reached now the end, <laughs> for real. Let me tell you the thing about, so okay, anxiety is genuinely like <laughs> the shadow you wish wasn't with you, but is with you always. I feel like it is like a filter, so when you have anxiety and then you're not also self-aware enough to be... To, to be calling yourself out or doing things to help with that anxiety, yo, you will see your job in a different light. You will see your parenthood in a different light. Everything weighs heavier because then anxiety just basically puts your thought. Okay, for me, what it did is I was thinking on overdrive always and I'm already like an overthinker and never in a good light with it. I'm just an expert with just, here's 101 ways how this is going to go wrong. And so you can imagine in a pandemic, salaries have been cut. You are starting to feel like this job, the pressure, is it just for my personal life now? Or is it the workspace? I don't know anymore, but it just feels too much. And then the fact that you have to be happy, five hours, you gotta figure out a way to still be Ray Kirago when that mic goes on. It just was, it was very hard. And now in the relationship, I feel like with my overthinking, every little thing, especially now after that last red flag was I can't everything you said you're gonna be here at five it's six thirty. I knew it I knew it you know what I should have seen the signs it's definitely the girl from like his shoot or something like I know that's where he's at you know or also I can text you and you wouldn't text back but your whatsapp is like you're being online last seen at 2 p.m and I called you at 11 what is this it's come on now mm -mm. It just, it became little things. And I feel like for, we also react differently as people. And I think when you're with anxiety, everything is so self, 
Like everything is you, 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 because it's in your head. You don't stop to think, but how is it affecting him? Or how is he dealing with it? Because he's not a communicator like me or was not a communicator like me. So he would, he would fully pull back and was apparently okay with that. Me, I would, but only to spite you. <laughs> only so I can show you that I can, even me, by the way, I don't need you. When it's not necessarily true. So yeah, it manifested in me just honestly overthinking. And I feel like when you overthink, sometimes you want to validate your fears. So what you do is you open up to people. And then what you do is you end up then sharing some issues that aren't really yours to share to people who then might have an influence, like my family. And I thought I was doing the right thing at the time, you know, because your family is supposed to have your back. But then at the end of the day, you realize if you paint whoever you're with in a certain light, you can't unpaint them later because then your family will already be like, yeah, but you know, you know what you said, which I think is something, again, if you don't heal from some things, that's just how you'll react. It'll just be how you react. Yeah, so it really did. And I wish I knew that better. I did because I finally started therapy now. And huh. The best thing I took away from like therapy, first of all, shout out to Convocare. Can I plug them? <laughs> shout out to Convocare. They are on Instagram at convo.care. It's a really nice young therapist. Her name is Daisy. And it's she makes her therapy sessions very affordable because she knows how expensive it is for young people. And I liked how informal our sessions were. Because first I know this is the first time I've ever been to therapy. I thought I'm going to go there and then she better have the answers to everything because I kind of need to heal from a lot. And we did. We dug so deep in therapy that I realized, you know, the, it's really you shifting the focus within yourself. But that takes time. It takes time. And the best thing to do is just be kind to yourself. Like just allow yourself that time and be like, look at yourself as if you are someone else. And whether or not you'd expect that someone to be over it or over whatever this is as quickly as you, you're thinking you will, you know. And then you'll also understand that you're right to react how you react because you are you. <laughs> and you just have to accept that and then I'll slowly work through that process. And I've been on that journey just trying to figure out other things from my past that I feel like I hadn't healed from. Yes, there was the whole dad situation. He passed away in 2012. I think... I didn't realize it then, but after that, everything I was doing was just to fill that void. Even without me thinking that's what I was doing. And of course, I allowed, I allowed myself to cry. We'd cry all the time. I you know, had a nice, strong circle of friends. My mom never left my side. I never left hers also. In fact, I moved back home after my dad died to just like me and my mom this. And we've been together ever since. We're like ride or die now. And I really think she would ever let me leave. <laughs> I'm not complaining, <laughs> but yeah. It's just that after that, I dumped myself into work, which helped because then my career grew quite quickly after that, I think, because then it was like now I was really involving myself everywhere because I just didn't want to have spaces of time where I realized just what I'd lost. My dad and I were super, super, super close, like as close as like your best friend. My dad used to do this thing where he wrote emails more than he texted. I don't know what it is that he was Gmail like paying him to like... <laughs> Because I would open, who opens Gmail to find? Ones <laughs> are in uni, unless you're like sending assignments. <laughs> There's no way. And I'd open and find things like, hey, how you doing? How you doing today? Do you have plans tomorrow? I have a phone, dad. Do you have like my number? <laughs> Just, um, what? <laughs> but we used to do it all the time until it became a thing where I was about to graduate. It was the end of 2012, right before I passed away. And um, I, I think I emailed him, I made a joke, like, by the way, dad, they wouldn't give you a refund, so please just pay exact this time, because he used to, like, round off the fees. And I'm like, if you round off, they're just going to eat it now, because now, <laughs> this is my last year, 
after he paid for the gown and everything. So he paid to the letter like 0. 0.16 or whatever that amount was. And then we made a joke about how, hey, now, you know, because I, I was in uni living, I was in, working at the same time, but I was only an intern, so I was on an allowance, yeah? So he would, was my spoño, my dad, <laughs> half the time. And he made a joke and said after he paid, he's like, so also just know the boarding facilities are over. <laughs> I don't intend on paying for rent <laughs> after uni, because what was this for? <laughs> Get a real job, maybe? And then, so we were fine. And I even used to tell him, before he died, we wanted to go on a trip. We used to go camping. My siblings were not like super interested in things that didn't involve hotels and things. But me and him were outdoors people, which is funny because I hate spiders and bugs. And that Christmas, I told him I wanted to go see all our family. Because you know how your, your dad, always a cousin sprouts out of, you don't know nanny, this one from... I was like, dad, enough. I'm, like, I'm old enough now. Let's just go meet all these people. And I'll take my allowance savings. And we'll go and buy shopping. Let's make a thing. Like, it's Christmas. So I didn't know this. I said it in passing. But he had actually called all his family, like his sisters, my aunties. Can you imagine? Booked out, like, all of December, like, the dates. And I had taken leave. And he had, like, timed it. Okay, this two weeks is what we're going to do. And then right before he fell sick. Yeah, like, right before... I came home. It was so, it was the most trivial thing. He just had like a skin allergy to a drug. And then we went, me, him, and my sister to Aga Khan to get him checked. And lo and behold, he decides, I think it's easier if I just get admitted. At this point, I'm thinking, ah, does he know something? We don't. What do you mean? You just, just get your drugs, dad, and we just go home. Stop this overreacting to things. But he got admitted and he was there for three days. And he was so much better on the third day. We got there in the morning at the last text Oh man, the last text I sent him was, I think my mom got there before us and she was like, we can't find him. So I texted him, hey dad, guys are looking for you, where are you? And he texted back, I'm at my bed. Last text message I got from my dad. But we went and saw him, he was great. Come home thinking the next day he's going to get discharged, he's going to come home. We get a call at midnight and I was home. I'll never forget that night because I was home with my mom and it was me, my mom, my sister. I couldn't drive, I didn't have my license. My sister couldn't drive either, no license. My mom gets a phone call and then we just hear a scream. And I think she threw her phone. Why did she throw her phone? I've never, that part of the, I don't understand why, okay, but she threw, she screamed through. So she, I'm coming and she's like, where's the phone? Where's the phone? So we find it. It's the nurse from Aga Khan saying, Mrs. Kirago, you guys need to come because we're trying to resuscitate him. Resus Do you know your mind goes to ER and Grey's Anatomy and just like people Meredith Grey going clear, you know? And what? What? So mom is like, okay, like, she's in her nightdress. I don't even think she gave a damn. Entered the car. We live in Kasukari. Aga Khan is like in Tumbuktu. I didn't feel no bumps. I didn't feel any curves. That car flew. <laughs> I think we glided. I just, we found ourselves there and they did the thing that they do in movies. Yo, everything played out how you just, you know, the doctor comes out. First we were put in a room. I think my mind just refused to accept that. And I was like, it's just a room because it's at night, you know, because you can't just be out here in the hallway. And then the nurse came in and my mom was, me, my brother-in-law had come, my sister's husband, because he was a, he's a doctor. And my mom like dropped to her knees and like hugged onto like Daniel, that's his name, his legs and held on so tight. And the doctor hadn't even spoken. I don't know if it's like third sense. At this point, I'm just, I'm there like, like what, like a fly on the wall. I don't know what's happening. And he, she goes, I'm sorry, we did everything we could. After that, everything was a haze for me, I think. Everything just was a haze. Because I remember leaving with his things. Like I was, who was, because everyone else had just like broken down. And, 
And I was breaking down also, but I was like, well, someone's got to carry these things. They're not going to carry themselves. They can break down as we carry them to the car. And we get home and that's when I completely lost it. I remember just going, he's never coming back. And then after that, you see, the thing is, you don't, I mean, you go through the motions. It happens all too fast. Before, in fact, before the funeral, everything is like a numbing cream because people are there, a hundred people are there. You're never alone. First of all, why I came I slept like on the floor of my own room because Auntie so and so, I'm sorry, but I've held a grudge. You <laughs> could not have taken the floor. I lost my dad, yo. <laughs> she was like, well, I'm old. Okay. <laughs> but it was really, it was great because everyone was there. And then afterwards is now how, how the healing started and you start to feel the gap because I remember he died on Christmas Eve, which ruined Christmas for a number of years after that. In fact, I think other than the last year and the year before, I've always worked through Christmas just for that, like voluntarily. People choose to like go, me, I'm like, mm, I'm good, I'm fine, I'll take my leave in January, because it always rem reminded me. Also, my mom did a thing where she wanted vigil masses to remind us of our tremendous heartbreak. <laughs> but again, people heal differently. But then everything after that was, I look back and I'm like, was I just fine feeling a void? Was I not allowing myself to actually break down, be broken and find myself? I sometimes ask myself, would I have met Kevin? You know, would I have been with him, um, who I was with that whole time? Because I met him immediately after, like, you know, so I don't, I just, I look at that and I think, wow, there's a lot, people need therapy just as a ongoing thing. <laughs> Like, just please do it, man, because you owe it to yourself. I think I was very unkind to me in expecting so much of myself and being hard on me every, like, even at work, I put so much, I think I, I put, there was pressure, yes, <laughs> but a lot more from me because I wanted, I've always felt like I'm so good at telling myself I'm not good enough for things. I'm like, but who listens to me, though? Like, I'm just really, like, I'm just, I don't know, you know? And then even my relationship's the same thing. I Maybe I worked so hard because I didn't want to feel alone. I didn't want to start the process. I didn't think I could find someone. Sometimes I still feel like maybe I won't, but then I tell myself, ah, that's just my anxiety speaking and overthinking, you know? And even if I don't, so what? Like, I have a whole child and an amazing life. <laughs> And so many things I'm going to do with it. Yeah, that's been a really big process, but it has played into everything and the healing continues. I'm just grateful that now I know to be kind to myself and to be kind to myself has helped me be, be like more gracious about how I react to my reactions. Like I don't now go like, oh, but then this happened to me. And I'm like, no, but actually, yeah, you felt that. Okay, cool. We're here now. We can't go back and unfeel <laughs> or unreact or unsay. So we move forward and we see how best to deal with this. And honestly, day at a time. Day at a time, yo. <laughs> I don't think I've like ever shared that much about my dad, to be honest, other than therapy. But it was really, it was important to, to ask myself those questions, for real. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Catch more African stories in the next episode of Legally Clueless. I have put a link to Ray's Instagram 
in the show notes. Please follow her. She is such a breath of fresh air. She has a radio show now on Sound City Radio in Kenya. And her energy is just it. Let me tell you, it's just it. I loved how honest she was with us when she came to record this story. That she, you know, gave us the honor of having this story that at some parts is is quite heavy. At some parts, her humor is just everything. Yeah, connect with Ray. She is such a good human, such a good human. If you want to check her out telling this particular story on our video series, head over to our YouTube channel. There is a link to it in the show notes. You can watch the episode there. And man, I just connected with the story because I too... (laughs) got into a relationship right after my mom died actually I when my mom died I was in a relationship probably one of my most growth inspiring relationships you know what I mean like those ones no matter what the dark times were like looking back I'm just like I'm glad I went through that particular relationship and then soon after my mom's burial I can't remember if we broke up or he broke up I think he broke up with me (laughs) I need to revisit that ends because there were many breakups towards the end like i can't remember the final one wait was that the okay i can't i can't remember anyway we were not together anymore okay and then i in hindsight i can tell that i did this purely because i felt there was like a void i've lost my mom i'm no longer in this relationship i need someone just to feel like there's normalcy around me and not this deep loneliness that i was trying to figure out and I've not experienced grief prior to losing my mom so this was very new to me Uh, my dad had died a few years before my mom but we were were not close even at the time of his death so it didn't hit me the same and I never even used to see him we're not living under the same roof or anything so this was my first rodeo with grief and I couldn't really understand everything that was happening right anyway so to run away from this crazy void I got into a relationship with somebody who at the time was someone I considered a good friend right and I was just like well you know I don't want to feel lonely (laughs) come here looking back I'm just like sis you are so dumb (laughs) like oh my days looking back he was nothing like the men I dated and I remember my friend Linda Nyongbesa laughing at me about this. She was like, Adele, we can't tell your type by looking at pictures of all the people you've dated. And that's very true. (laughs) They look nothing. (laughs) They look nothing like each other except shoulders. That's like a standard for me. If you don't have shoulders, I'm not looking at you. Um, I was going to say such a really naughty joke, but um, actually it's not a joke. It's a naughty fact. (laughs) Ah, You know what? It's fine. I'll say it. No, no, I wouldn't say it. <laughs> okay, I'll say it. Not only do the shoulders look good, but it's like, where will you put your legs? You know what I'm saying? Anyway, um, so where was I? <laughs> shoulders, shoulders. Oh, yes. So he was nothing like the men I dated. Even though they all don't look the same, I've realized that the one thing they all have is a very kind spirit. I've realized that's very important to me to have and it's it was probably happening subconsciously but somebody who is kind you know giving to those in need volunteering helping 
will try and help a stranger, as risky as that is in Nairobi, <laughs> will go out of their way to kind of like lessen somebody's burden, whether they know this person or not. And I've realized that's kind of like they're in the people that I've dated, except this particular person. They were all trying to change the world somehow. This person, looking back, was very selfish in that regard. And I think it's probably one of the first people I've ever met who didn't have what I consider to be normal levels of empathy anyway which is okay people can be different people have different personalities but when Ray talked about so I identified with her saying you know you get into a relationship to fill a void what's also crazy is her dad died in 2012 my mom died in 2012 as well and then the third thing I connected with in her story was when she talked about the money issues now I did not save (laughs) with with this particular ex thank god (laughs) but i remember money being so anyone will tell you me and my money are not easily parted i have a weird relationship with money that i'm still trying to figure out some parts of it is healthy some parts not so healthy but one part that is for sure is that i don't first even like lending money i can count on one hand the people that i would readily lend money and not even like think about it like i don't expect not I don't, I don't want you to pay me back. Like, I genuinely care about you. Whatever it is, let's fix this, you know? So that's one. But <laughs> I think the red flag that woke me up in this relationship, I don't know why I'm dancing around this situation, but this person, this individual quit his job to go back to school. No problem. We're all trying to advance in life, right? But also, this was a decision that was taken without speaking to me about it. But whatever, we're not married, whatever still I feel like you should anyway whatever I didn't know about it the decision was made (laughs) Ah, and the decision was made when I had just gotten poached by Kiss and I remember this one moment I remember it so vividly because it really did scar me I can't even believe I'm sharing it with you guys but one of his friends was just like damn man like you know you've quit your job you've gone back to school you're just getting like part-time gigs here and there it must be very hectic like finances wise this person I was dating (laughs) actually said ah then no no problem See, we have kiss money. Do you know that happened in 2015, nine years ago? It still scars me to date. Because <laughs> I was just like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. We have kiss money? First, I've just gotten into the game. I don't know what kiss money you think there is when you're just starting out. Secondly, you made the decision by yourself. What was your plan? Oh, wait, your plan was kiss money. Ooh. And then the ease, the ease with which it was said. I was just like, hey. Hey, hey. And you know, like, he said it and he's joking, but you know, those awkward laughs. So you're just like, ha, 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 this is not funny. Ha, ha. <laughs> oh, my days. I look back and I laugh now, but obviously, in the moment, it was just like such a weird weird situation i'd never been in thankfully i've never been in again but like how does somebody make life choices counting on your finance that's it's not even a gendered thing i think it's just strange regardless of who's doing it anyway i really identified with the story man i was so glad Ray, Ray shared it Ray shared it so make sure you go and check it out on our youtube channel all right i need to wrap up this episode thank you so much for listening to this pod to the very 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 end i really do appreciate you remember if you're new to this platform audio episodes got every monday weekly 
they're not seasonal. I'm here with you every single Monday. And our video series, we're in season two. New episodes on that go out every single Friday until we're done with the season. And you can check that out on our YouTube channel. This podcast also plays on Trace Radio in Kenya. So make sure you go to www.traceradio.co.ke to check out a list of the frequencies that you can catch Trace on around the country, especially if you're going to be traveling this festive season. And you can also stream the podcast there. So it plays on Trace every Monday and Wednesday at 12 noon and 11 p.m. and every Friday at 12 noon. All right. I bid you adieu. (laughs) I don't know why I say that. I wish you such a beautiful week. If like me, you're navigating some weird emotions, don't run away from them. Sit in them for a bit. Allow yourself to feel because that's when the healing can really start. That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.